Ali, the Prophet's cousin, once said, Even if you're born Muslim, you still need to discover Islam. Let's all walk on this journey together with New Muslims Hub. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Today, inshallah, we have less than one week till the start of Ramadan. So we thought it's only relevant to talk about the fiqh of fasting. So let's start by saying the dua. رَبِّ اشْرَحْ لِي صَدْرِي وَيَسْرِ لِي أَمْرِي وَحْلُ الْعُقْدَةً مِّنْ لِسَانِي يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي O Lord, expand my breast for me and make my task easy for me and unite the difficulty or not from my tongue so that they may understand my words. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So the agenda for this day, these are the topics that we will be discussing. Of course, the fiqh of fasting is a very, very wide topic. So we just wanted to, to go over the, the very basic stuff. First off, do we have to make the intent to fast? That's the first question. The second, how do we know it's Ramadan? What are the conditions that make a person eligible to fast? What are the permissible excuses to not fast during Ramadan? And what breaks are fast? What are the liked or mustahab acts in fasting? And what are the disliked or makruh acts in fasting? And how to make up fasts after Ramadan, inshallah. I have to make a small disclaimer that all of the things we will be talking about today are for Ramadan exclusively. Because there are other types of uh, fasts, like non-obligatory ones, some differences in some rulings. So today we will be discussing all the rulings or specifically for Ramadan, inshallah. So the first question, do we have to make the intent to fast? The answer is yes and no. So yes, because every action we do in Islam, we have to make the intent of what we are doing. But for Ramadan, what we can do is on the night before Ramadan starts, we can make the intent that inshallah we will be fasting the whole month of Ramadan. Do we have to say it out loud? The scholars tell us that no, we should not say it out loud. What we should do is we should make the intent inside ourselves that inshallah we will be fasting the whole month. That's the first question. So remember the questions inshallah, so I will ask you at the end. The second question, how do we know it's Ramadan? So very easily is by seeing the crescent. And this is the very basic and the main thing, that the scholars have to see the crescent, like any other Hijri month, like any other month in the Islamic calendar. So when they see the crescent, they know that this is the start of the new month, and in this case, it's Ramadan. Do they use other aids like telescopes? Yes. Do they use um, like calculations for the moon sighting and stuff? Yes, they can use all of this. But at the end of the day, they have to see the crescent to be sure and to tell all the Muslims that, inshallah, we will be starting our fast in Ramadan. What are the conditions that make a person eligible to fast? So what do we mean by this? We mean that if somebody has these conditions, this person should fast. First condition is very basic. He or she must be Muslim. Very logical. Then he or she must have hit Puberty, because we know in Islam, once we hit puberty, whether a male or female, now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts writing down all of our sins, all of our good deeds, all of our uh, faraid or the obligatory acts that we should do. Then the third condition is he or she is mature and mentally aware. What does this mean? That this person doesn't have any kind of mental disability. Fourth, he or she is not traveling. We will talk more about traveling and the different things. 
And then he or she has no medical issue. Again, we will talk more about the medical issues, but if any person has a medical issue that may affect them harmfully, if they fasted, they should not fast. Then the last thing, she, she only is not on her menstrual cycle, nor in her postpartum period or nifas, as we call it in Arabic. The next question is, what are the permissible excuses to not fast during Ramadan? First thing is traveling. So we, we said that we would talk more. So traveling, even if a person can fast, they can take this license and not fast, even if it's comfortable, even if they do not have any harm inflicted on them, they can break their fast and they can not fast during traveling. So scholars said that there are three types. First, no harm or discomfort inflicted on the person. So no problem to, uh, to break the fast, but it's better to fast. And this is derived from hadith that Prophet Muhammad used when he was traveling with the Sahaba, with his companions. Some of them will be fasting, some of them will not, and nobody would judge anybody for anything because both are permissible. Second thing is, if it is inconvenient for you, it's better to not fast because there is a license. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us this license to make it easier for us. So why not take the license? The third is, If it's very hard, unbearable for the person. So in this condition, it's haram for the person. It is not allowed for the person to fast. Because why do you inflict harm upon yourself when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gave you a license. If a person, their work isn't traveling, like someone who works in airway, in a train, as a lorry driver, for instance, what they should do is they can take the license to not fast. But it's better for them to fast if they can and if it's not too much work on them. Then the second excuse is medical condition. So again, the medical conditions, scholars divided them into two types. First type is a chronic illness or a disease that expected that the person would have for his entirety of life. This is the first category. The second category is this disease is expected to be cured. So, for instance, somebody has some kind of infection for one week or somebody have any kind of disease for a short period of time. At this point, they subdivided it into three types. First, if by fasting, the person, there is no harm inflicted upon them, so they should fast. It, even if they have, for instance, somebody has a headache. If they fast, no problem will be inflicted on the headache, so no problem, they should fast. Second, it's hard to fast, but it's not haram. So a person, for them, it's very hard to fast for whatever the condition is, but it's not harmful, all right? In this situation, the scholar says that it is makruh. It is not liked that this person fasts. The third condition is if the person fasts and by fasting, they harm themselves or make themselves or their condition worse, or they decrease the treatment quality, At this point, also fasting becomes haram because we have a ruling is we should not always and forever inflict any harm upon us purposefully. So let's go again over the medical conditions. We have chronic illnesses and if the chronic illness will affect you and your physician or your medical team tells you that it will be harmful for you to fast, so you should not fast. And the other part is if you have a disease that is expected to be cured, we said three types. If it's not harmful, we should fast. 
if it's hard to fast, but it's not harmful, it's not also like to fast. And then if it, it's harmful for you and it will decrease the quality of treatment and it will increase the, um, the conditions uh, severity, for instance, then it is not allowed for you to fast. Then we have the third excuse, working conditions. So some people, their work is very hard physically, like persons who work in mines, people who work in um, very hot bakeries and ovens and stuff like that. The ruling is they should make the intent to fast every day and eat their suhoor and eat their meal before, uh, before the fajr prayer. And if during the day they were afraid for themselves that there will be harm or they are very fatigued, they have the, um, the license not to fast. The fourth excuse is if a female is pregnant or breastfeeding. If a female is pregnant or breastfeeding, also the scholars divided them into two types. First type is if by fasting she's not affected nor harmed on her or on her fetus or her baby, then she should fast. If, on the other hand, she's afraid for herself, for her fetus, of any kind of harm, they have the license not to fast during pregnancy or during breastfeeding, but she should make up these days in the majority of opinion that she should make up these days. Then, the fifth excuse is uh, menstruating. Uh, if she's on her period or in postpartum stage, like we said before, if she has these, uh, if she's menstruating or on her period or in the postpartum stage, then she should not also fast. Okay, then what breaks her fast? So, first off, eating or drinking purposefully, which means that if you eat or drink with purpose that you, you have not forgotten, if you forgot, for instance, it, no problem. You should stop. Once you remember, oh, I'm fasting today, you should stop and complete normally your fast. And also the, uh, the scholars said that even if an injection or a drip, for instance, is nutritious in nature, it, it has been given for nutrifying the body, then it's not allowed to. And this po point, you will find a bit of different opinions this I got from the International Islamic Fiqh Academy. You can check it out for yourself. They said that it's allowed to put eye drops, allowed to use nasal drops, inhalators, kohl, eyeliner, suppositories, vaginal washes, endoscopes. When you read further, they said that these things are allowed any time of the day during the fast. But some of them, if they can make it after you break your fast from the Maghrib to Fajr, then do so. But if you cannot, and uh, your medical team has advised you, for instance, use your eye drops five times per day, then inshallah, it will not break your fast. Again, um, this part has a bit of differing opinion. So if you want to check this out, check it out. And if you want to ask further in this point, please do so. Then the third thing is vomiting purposefully. If they vomited out of illness or out of anything, then inshallah, it will not break their fast. Then the fourth point is engaging in intimate relationship. So if they did so, what they should do is they should, should complete their fast normally. They should not break their fast. And they should make it up as in fast another day after Ramadan and also make kafara. Kafara is expiations. Because you did a sin, then you should do something to take it away. So the kafara is 
whether to free a slave in older times or to fast for two consecutive months, or if this is not achievable for the person, they should give away food for 60 people and uh, 60 people in need. And this is also derived from a long um, hadith that uh, one of the companions came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and he told him that he had engaged in an intimate relationship with his spouse. And then Rasulullah told him that he should free a slave. And he said, I can't. And then said, fast for two consecutive months. And then he said, I can't. And, and uh, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, told him that he should give away food for 60 people in need. The fifth point is seminal or vaginal discharge purposefully, not something that is spontaneous. What they should do is they should make up the fast afterwards, but there is no kafara. Uh, the other thing is cupping or hijama. It breaks the fast because of a hadith that Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him said that hijama or cupping breaks the fast. And fainting for the whole day. And by this, we mean someone who fainted from the dawn till the uh, till the Maghrib. If they fainted the whole day, they should make up the day afterwards. If they fainted like for five minutes, for 10 minutes, no problem. They should not make the day. They should, once they are aware of themselves, they should complete the fast. Or if the medical team around them told them to stop fasting for any medical reason, then they should make up the fast afterwards. And the last one is apostasy. And it's very clear why apostasy, because if someone, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make us mu'mineen and muslimin for all time, if someone is not Muslim anymore, so the first condition that we talked about is not valid anymore, so they should not fast. Then what are the liked or mustahab acts while fasting? First off is to eat suhoor. What's suhoor? It's the meal, right? Uh, you eat before starting your fast. And make it late as possible. Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him used to eat his suhoor very late. And he said in a very famous hadith that we should always eat suhoor because suhoor has a lot of barakah in it. And do not leave it even if you would drink only a cup of water right before fajr. Then we have using the siwak. Uh, you know the siwak is the, uh, the brown thing that Prophet Muhammad used to always use before praying. Uh, it's, it's permissible and it's also liked and mustahab to do so while, um, while fasting. Performing Umrah, Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him said that Umrah during Ramadan uh, is equivalent to a Hajj, which is a great reward. Then we have breaking the fast as soon as we hear the Adhan. So as soon as we hear the Adhan of the Maghrib, uh, we break our fast. Because also Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, says people will remain good as long as they break the fast as soon as possible. Then, breaking the fast on dates, especially a type called urutabat. Uh, these type, it's a specific type of dates that Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, liked and used to always break his fast on them. Of course, making dua or supplication while you are breaking your fast and all the day and all the nights of Ramadan, it's one of the great things to do. And we have a hadith or a saying from the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, that three people, their dua is always heard. One of them is the fasting person till he breaks his fast. Then we have increasing the acts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves during the fast and during Ramadan, like reading the Quran, doing nightly prayers, giving away charity, sadaqah, giving away food for people, even uh, people in need or even your friends and family, all of this is a act that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves us to do during Ramadan. 
Now, what are the dislike or the makruh acts while fasting? First off is over-exaggerating while gargling or washing the nose. And we maybe some people would do that while doing wudu or abolition. They would over-exaggerate. And why is it makruh or dislike? Because of the fear of you may drink some water while doing so. Then we have tasting food without need. If there is no real need for you to, to taste the food, so don't do it. If you want to taste it and there is no other way, it is permissible. But just take a very small thing and taste it and then do not swallow anything. Then we have uh, wasting the time in non-beneficial acts. And here it's not only harmful acts. No, it's non-beneficial acts because Ramadan, subhanAllah, is a very minimal time. So what we should think about is it's very minimal time, so we should use it as maximal as possible. If I told you you have one hour to get everything from the shopping store or from the center with no money, what would you do? Will you go about everywhere and not go into the shop and get everything? No, this is not what would you do. What will you do is you will take advantage of every single second. So this is the mentality that we should have going into Ramadan, inshallah. And then we have fasting for two days or more without breaking the fast meaning that somebody would go on and not break their fast on Maghrib and go on for another day without eating anything. This is completely disliked. You should break your fast. You should eat your meal before starting a new fast. This is the sunnah. This is the way that Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, used to do. And then the last one is kissing your spouse if you cannot control yourselves and you're afraid it may lead to any kind of discharge or an intimate relationship. This is the part where it is disliked. If you are not afraid of any of these, it's okay. Kiss your spouse, no problem in that. And then the last question is how to make up fasts after Ramadan. So we should make up fasts after Ramadan as soon as we can and before next Ramadan. Of course, as soon as we can, not the next day after Ramadan in the Eid. No, this is haram to do so. But as soon as we can. Some scholars say that you should give away kafara like the one we, we talked about, if you did not make up your fasts before Ramadan. But not like the kafara of the, of the intimate relationship, but a kafara here means that you should make up the fast as well as give food to the people in need. These are some group of scholars say that. Another group of scholars say that you should not give away kafara, but you should make up your fasts even if the next Ramadan came and you did not do the, the days of the Ramadan before. Then we have the second, the second like condition for making up the fast is it can be consecutive or not. One after the other, that's okay. If not, if you want to take one day here, one day there, one day there, also it's allowed. So it can be consecutive or not. Alhamdulillah, I have now finished. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayhi. Thank you for listening to New Muslims Hub. Any benefit you heard was solely from Allah's blessings, and any error was definitely ours. May Allah accept every moment we all spend in our journey to discover Islam.